Hi, welcome to Moments with Marilyn. I'm your host, Marilyn Boyer, the mom of 14 homeschool kids. I absolutely love encouraging young moms, and it's my privilege and my passion to share tips and tools to make your journey easier. Today we're continuing, this is actually the third part on our series about forgiveness. And it's based on a sermon series by a man named Milton Vincent. He's a biblical counselor and this series is just so excellent in giving information about what forgiveness is and how to get to the place where you can forgive. Um, it's just, it's a fascinating series. So just to recap a little bit, he talks about taking a 360 around the cross when you are in a place where you've been wronged and you need to come to the place of forgiveness to gaze upon Jesus on the cross and to think about what he has done and what he sacrificed for us. So the first thought around the cross is to behold the suffering Savior on the cross. He, he tells about a man named John Perkins, who is a civil rights activist, and he grew up in a small town in rural Mississippi. His brother was killed by the town marshal, and he then left town, but he said he felt like God was wanting him to go back to that town and be an ambassador for Christ. This was, you know, a while when all the civil rights stuff was happening. So he went back. He ended up being beaten by drunken prison guards. Um, they taunted him with an empty pistol and gave him a head wound. He was barely alive, and the guards made him clean up his own blood off the floor. Um, they also jammed something down his throat, which caused enormous damage. He had to have multiple surgeries. And he said he was laying there in his hospital bed, and his heart was seething with rage for the white men in Mississippi who had done this to him. He said hatred, bitterness, anger. He was just swarmed with it. But he said, the Spirit of God worked on me as I lay in that bed, and the image of Christ on the cross formed in my mind. You know, the fact that Jesus knew what I suffered, he understood and he cared because he had experienced it himself. He said, just like me, he had an unjust trial. There was a lynch, a mob that lynched him. He was beaten. He was killed like a common criminal. On the cross, he cried out in agony, and it seemed to him like God had forgotten him. So he said he realized Christ knows, and he understands, and he cares what I am suffering right now. He experienced all this himself. And he said the thought came to him that Jesus prayed for God to forgive the crowd who was crucifying him. When Jesus looked at that mob, he loved them, and he prayed for God to forgive them. And John Perkins said, I could not get away from that. He said, love began to overpower my hate. He said, I know this can happen because it's true. It happened to me. And then Milton Vincent says something that's, that's really valuable. He says, what doesn't destroy you will make you stronger. Let me say that again. What doesn't destroy me will make me stronger. Jesus felt, every, felt everything that we feel because he wants to be our intimate companion and friend. So that's the first thought. Jesus 
willingly suffered everything that we on earth have suffered. So he's been there. He took it upon him. He knows what you're doing because he took your suffering upon himself. All the suffering you've done in your life, all the suffering you will do, all the suffering everyone on earth has done, Jesus suffered for us. So then the second thought at the foot of the cross, this is so key. He said, apparently, sometimes God purposes that those he loves deeply be painfully sinned against. And this is something we need to teach our kids. It's going to happen. They're going to be wrong. They're going to be sinned against. They're going to suffer pain when they're wronged. You know, the father loved Jesus. He called him my beloved son. He pleases me well. He was there when Jesus was writhing on the cross, bearing our sin. Sometimes God providentially plans for those he loves deeply to be painfully sinned against. He said that God actually scheduled that these wrongs be committed against his son on the cross. It was no accident. I mean, it was predicted by prophets. It was foretold in the Old Testament. It was not an accident. God scheduled that. You know, God lifts us up on the receiving end of wrongs. Sometimes it's like wave after wave after wave of things happen to you. And you can think, does God really love me? But you can be comforted at the foot of the cross that this is a part of God's plan for me or he would not have let it happen. And he does love me. We need to teach that to our kids. You know, God allowed this to happen because he wants to make you better. Satan wants you to become bitter, but God wants you to be better. When the day arrived, Christ was arrested, crucified. God specifically planned on that day that he would suffer every evil he suffered. He planned for Christ to be on the receiving end of the most horrible evils the world had planned. You know, it's a naive lie to believe if God loves me, I will never suffer. And there are some people out there in the world telling us that. But the observation from the foot of the cross rescues us from that line of thought. When we are suffering, sometimes we're tempted to look at others who aren't suffering. And we, we think, all right, well, God planned this for me, but maybe he doesn't love me as much as he loves those other people who aren't suffering. You know, you can feel that on a gut level. But at the foot of the cross, there's no doubt God loved Jesus. He suffered horribly on the cross on that day. God also loved Joseph. Joseph is one of my favorite people in Scripture. Just think of all the wrongs that were done against him. God loved Joseph. Joseph had a long experience of being wronged against, sinned against. But because he chose to forgive, God was able to save the nation of Israel through him. Paul, think of all the things. Paul was shipwrecked. He was stoned. He was beaten. But God loved Paul. God had a plan for Paul. Stephen, Stephen was stoned to death. They all suffered, but God allowed it in his providence. There have been Christians who were thrown to lions, tortured, had terrible things happen to them. But yes, God loved all those people as much as he loves any of his people. 
God has allowed these objects of his love to be on the receiving end of terrible wrongdoing. And we can learn that at the foot of the cross. We need to bring our kids to the foot of the cross. Now, our kids, you know, we need to prepare them for life. The wrongs that our children are suffering are not some of these deep wrongs that, that like Joseph and Paul and Stephen suffered. But we don't know what will happen to them in their life. So we need to prepare them with those little wrongs that they're suffering now. And you know, when you're a child, somebody's mean to you, laughs at you, hits you, whatever, it seems a lot bigger than it really is. And we need to not minimize that. We need to understand that when our kids are hurting, when they're wronged, it's real. And we need to bring them to the foot of the cross and teach them how to deal with that. Number three, the third thought, God the Father can be completely trusted when we're on the receiving end of any wrongdoing. At the foot of the cross, Milton Vincent tells us we're, we not just witness a man dying, but we witness a man who was trusting. 1 Peter 2, 23 and 24 says he uttered no threats, but he kept entrusting himself to his father who judges righteously. And we need to do that ourselves. We need to teach our kids that we need to trust God with whatever path lies ahead of us. Jesus was trusting when Judas was, was um, giving him over to the Sanhedrin, when the Sanhedrin were shouting accusations. He was saying, Father, I'm trusting you with this. They blindfolded him. He was trusting God. When the first blow came, when he was punched, mocked, blow after blow, Jesus was thinking, Father, I am trusting you with this. When he went before Pilate, he was scourged. His hands were tied on the stone. He was trusting. When he was whipped, he was whipped with a bone and sharp metal was tearing into his flesh. He was trusting. He kept trusting God. Even though the circumstances were getting worse and worse, the crown of thorns, he was spit at, slapped, punched. On Golgotha, he was laid on the cross. Nails were hammered into his hands and his feet. He kept trusting. As they hoisted that cross, he was gasping for air. And at the same time, he was being ridiculed by the religious leaders who were mocking him. But he kept trusting. And he was forgiving. He suffered the wrath of God on him. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And you know what answer he was given? No answer. God did not answer him at that time. But he kept trusting. He entrusted his spirit as he was about to breathe his last. When we stand at the foot of the cross, we are watching the most incredible demonstration of trust in the Heavenly Father that the world has ever seen. And we need to bring our kids there. Depending on their age, you know, you don't want to be too graphic, but you do want to help them see what Jesus suffered on that cross. Um, the first Adam had lush provision. He didn't trust God. Jesus had inexplicable evils happen to him. He died. There was no rescue at the time. He, his body was buried in the tomb. Was God the Father worthy of Jesus' trust? He was. On the third day, he raised him from the dead, and the amazing resurrection power was seen by all. Jesus ascended. 
He was honored. He sits at the right hand of God. He's in the bosom of the Father, in the embrace of the Father. You know, Jesus will come to you in your pain, and he says, you can trust my Father totally. He is so worthy of your trust. So we see not just a man dying on the cross, but trusting. He was trusting his heavenly Father. And you know, Milton Vincent points out we shouldn't just admire Jesus trusting. We need to admire the Father because Jesus knew that he could trust the Father. He totally trusted the Father. He knew that the Father was amazingly faithful. And that's why he placed his trust in him. Remember that God purposed those he loved be sinned against. God the Father can be totally trusted. Milton Vincent says it's kind of like an escalator. When you step on the escalator, it you're on the first floor, but it transports you up to the second floor while you're just standing there. That's kind of like we something happens to us, we respond with anger and bitterness. We know we need to get to the place of forgiveness, but we think, how do I get there? I don't feel like getting there. Go to the foot of the cross. Sit there. Stare. Think about what Jesus suffered for you. And you'll find yourself transported from the first floor of anger and bitterness to the second floor of grace and forgiveness. You can't take yourself there. It's Jesus that takes you there. He talks about a woman who was in an, had an adulterous husband with a string of infidelities, and she wanted to forgive her husband after sitting at the foot of the cross. Um, and she did. He said she came in for her session, and he, she did something that he would never have advised her to do, but she did. She saw on her husband's computer something about another woman that he was interested in, and she made a gift bag, went to the house of that woman, and said, you don't know me, but I felt led to come by and give you this gift bag in Jesus' name. That's the power of the gospel. That is forgiveness. Thought four at the foot of the cross, when you're at the receiving end of wrongdoing. You need to observe that you committed greater sins against God than any person has ever committed against you. That's indisputable. When you're at the foot of the cross, there's no question about that. The cross is a place where you can see things really clearly. To see things there is to see them truly. You get a true glimpse of yourself at the foot of the cross. And he warns us, be prepared for what you will see, because you will see that you have committed greater sins against God than anyone could ever commit against you. There's the natural tendency in conflict that we want to make a big deal about other people's sins when we see our sin as a little speck, not the log that's in our eye. It's easier for us to confess other people's sins, chronicling their sins and speaking of their sins as being huge and massive. And you think, have I sinned in all this? Well, I'm sure I have, but the language kind of shrinks. You view other sins as so much greater in magnitude. But the cross can reverse this natural tendency. You who think of sin but lightly, nor suppose the great evil here at the cross, view rightly, rightly estimate when you go to the foot of the cross. 
When you gaze upon Jesus, it's not just a man dying, but you're witnessing yourself doing your very worst act, which was the murder of Christ. Isaiah 53, 5 says he was pierced through from our transgressions and crushed from the weight of our iniquities. That makes us the violators of the sixth commandment. We killed Jesus on the cross. We can't argue that when we're at the foot of the cross. The cross shows us that truth. The cross shows us that at the core of all sin is the murder of God. It's a harsh view of sin. You know, we behold what we see that our sin is the murder of God at its very core. You know, the cross was for you, but first we need to realize that it was done by you. Every sinner has a secret wish for no God. You know, people want to live as we please. But when we see sin in its true measure, it's a shocking discovery. But it's also liberating to come to the foot of the cross. You might be angry at another person, but you clearly can see the magnitude of your own sin. You may became riding on a high horse, but now you're down on level ground where everyone else is. You know, it's impossible to grant true forgiveness to someone we feel morally superior to. And that's our tendency. When someone sins against us, we feel morally superior. We, if, if they sin greatly, we only sin a little bit. We have the tendency to feel that way. But God is infinitely holy, pure, and just. And our sin against God is a big deal. He quotes Paul Tripp. He says, when you minimize your sin, you minimize what Jesus died for. Just the opposite. We need to magnify God. He says, when we minimize our sin, it's kind of like fingernails on a chalkboard to the Lord. You know, that's what he died for. He died for our sin. We're more sinful than we ever knew, but we're also more loved. We need to be known for not being afraid to look at our own sin and know it's a big deal. But at the same moment, the same spot, we also see that we are loved and we are forgiven. And I'm going to close here, but we're going to pick this up next week with thought number five at the foot of the cross about glory to God. So don't miss next week because um, his thoughts are just really helpful to help us get a handle on that. So thanks for joining me today. See you next week.